Welcome into the Arrowhead Pride postgame show. Watson takes the snap. Here comes pressure. And Frank Clark takes it down. Frank Clark. Clark the shot. It's Jaws. On the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Right on a corner pattern for Williams. And the pass is intercepted. The Honey Badger got him. And did I say Rivers hadn't thrown a pick yet? He has now. The Arrowhead Pride postgame show. Brought to you by 7th Street Casino. Where it's at. Holmes has time. Here throws it long. He's got a man in the middle of the field. Watkins, 15, 10, 5, angling left, touchdown, Kansas City. Here's Jay Binkley. It's what I'm talking about right there, Kansas City. What a way to rebound from that Raiders game. As Derek Johnson says when he goes on with Fesco in the morning, every Monday at 7:30, don't let one loss become two. The Chiefs didn't let one loss became two. No, they inserted their dominance over the Bills. They crushed them with the ground game. This was a physical game. This was pushing the Buffalo Bills around a little bit. The Chiefs, 26 passes, 21 and 26. But they ran the ball 46 times for 245 yards. Yeah. How about that Louisiana State backfield? Clyde Edwards-Alaire got that national championship ring, 161 yards. His second biggest, or his, his best performance with his Chiefs, his second game over 100 yards. But by the way, he's second in the NFL in rushing at this point too. So, so save your Clyde Edwards-Alaire needs to run for more yards, which I've seen, but he was outstanding. And how about that fourth and one? Darrell Williams, speaking of LSU, takes it into the, uh, the end zone. Six carries, 26 yards. But I love this because it was inserting dominance for the Kansas City Chiefs. Andy Reid goes to... 227 wins, which is six all time. Just two behind Curly Lambeau. Two to the top five behind Curly Lambeau. He'll have that here in two weeks. Most combined wins, regular and postseason. How about this? The Chiefs, 245 rushing yards, the fifth most by an Andy Reid coach team since he became an NFL head coach in 99. Today was the most. 245 at Buffalo, previous high, 238 versus Denver back on December 25th, Christmas Day, 2016. Games like this, I absolutely love. I cannot get enough of these type of games, and they showed it early. I mean, it was rainy in Buffalo, wasn't great. I mean, but that's just that's just Buffalo. But the fact they get their first, their two first uh, downs running the football, and they controlled the time of possession. You know, as Mahomes said, hey, they're going to take those things away from us. we got to show our running game. The Buffalo Bills were taking away the deep passes. They were. And I felt the Chiefs really limiting what the Buffalo Bills could do throwing deep. You know, all the talk about Lamar Jackson that played Patrick Mahomes early. What's he going to be able to do last year's MVP? 97 yards passing. This guy, Josh Allen, September player of the month. Yeah, here's a guy. I've seen the stats comparing Mahomes and Josh Allen this year. They're forgetting a couple big things. They're forgetting MVP and they're forgetting Super Bowl ring on the finger. Josh Allen, 122 yards passing. Oh, but he had 42 yards rushing. Pat Mahomes, though, 36 yards rushing. It's only six yards less than Josh Allen, who's known for his legs. But Pat Mahomes with the 225. But it was the physical dominance at an unexpected time. Daniel Kilgore gets to start at center. It's been a journeyman center in the National Football League. And Austin Riders had this, this knee problem throughout. He's always on the injury report, but it's always full participant with him. But they start Kilgore. 
Okay? Coletio Simile's out. He was out, and people are like, oh, he's not playing this game. The national media, well, of course not, because they were waiting until Le'Veon Bell got activated yesterday to make it official and put KO on the IR. Mike Rimmers got to start at left guard. You know what? The Chiefs had to do some switching. Mitch Schwartz with that back problem, and that was on the injury report. So you move Rimmers, who's played left guard, right right guard, right tackle. He goes to right tackle and looked brilliant. And how about Nick Allegretti? The seventh-round pick a year ago from Illinois. Just mauling people. That's three people on your offensive line that were different. I mean, you think about Laurent DeVarney Tardif that opted out before this season. You know, you didn't have your starting center, Austin Ryder. You didn't have KO on that offensive line that really brings that physicality. Two tough guys were missing tonight. And Coleccio Simile and Sammy Watkins, but they found a way to step up. Pringle found a way to step up and make probably the biggest catch of the night on third down. 37-yarder, longest pass play of the night. Demarcus Robinson stepped up in fine fashion, five catches, 69 yards. Travis Kelsey made a difference too as well. But really the offensive line and the way they were blocking. Nick Allegretti got called for a hold, and it was not a hold. He pushed his man to the ground, and he pancaked him. Clyde Edwards-Alaire had a six-yard touchdown that was called back. It should have been Clyde's touchdown that ended up being a touchdown reception by Travis Kelsey. But I couldn't be more proud of this performance. It shows the Chiefs can win in different fashion. You know, people call the Chiefs all flash. It's all flash, and they use that term soft. This team isn't soft, and today they went out there and they won in the trenches. I mean, this is this was big for the Kansas City Chiefs to show they could win this way, and it's huge. And the fact that the offensive line being different so big for the Kansas City Chiefs, but they held the ball for 37 minutes and 45 seconds, 22-15 for Buffalo. They wanted that time of possession. They wanted to keep Mahomes over on the sideline. But the Chiefs were the aggressive team on the ground today, and I couldn't be more pleased for this. They didn't let one loss become two. And I thought that the way the Chiefs just kept running the football and asserting their will on the Buffalo Bills and kind of took that will away from them. Here's Josh Allen getting the run now. You know, getting that MVP talk. Sit down, son. That's what the Chiefs did to that. But the Kansas City Chiefs, when the schedule came out, two I circled at Baltimore and at Buffalo. All right, Baltimore had last year's MVP, and I didn't know when the schedule came out. I mean, I didn't know that there'd be no fans there or the limited fans in, in Baltimore. But it didn't matter. The Chiefs went on the road, and they took care of business and won. Again, I think it's tougher for the team traveling because they have all these protocols that not that they don't hear, but stay in a hotel and traveling and all that. This game was supposed to be on Thursday night. It got pushed to Monday, which I think was advantage for the Kansas City Chiefs. But these are the games I circled. I circled Baltimore, and I circled Buffalo on a short work week playing on Thursday. But fortunately, this game got moved till Monday. Advantage Kansas City Chiefs, but it didn't matter. These were the two games. Could you win in Baltimore? Could you win in Buffalo? And they won them both. Unbelievable stuff. But it's time to hear from you. 913-576-7610 on the Silverstein Ice Center's phone line. Let's go no huddle. At the 40, foot race 30, see you later. A fade route right side is intercepted, intercepted, got it at the 20-yard line. Taking your calls now at 913-576-7610. That's right, we call it the no huddle where we hear from you on the Silverstein Ice Center's phone line. Let's go straight to KCK and talk to our guy, Dan. What's up, Dan? 
Hey, Big Boy, I tell you, that is one physical game the Chiefs play. I tell you, son, I like the way Edwards, he just punished him there. Even though he was finishing, I just couldn't believe how he just finished those runs. And Daryl Williams on that fourth and inches touchdown. And before that, I can't blame for Andy for being up. I think, I think Patrick got the first down. I don't know what you think. I think they should have got that measurement. I don't know why the referee did, wouldn't just, you know, just go on the field. Are you talking about that spinorama by Pat? Absolutely. Wasn't that just insane? It was insane. I can't believe. I just can't blame. Uh, don't blame Randy for getting hot about it because uh, they should at least got the measurement. And the defense played lights out, and the uh, Chiefs beat the Bills. Gonna uh, kept Josh Allen. Uh, yeah, the ticker the Bills and that's. I mean, for the uh, Broncos and Le'Veon Bell, one two punch with Clyde Edwards player in the backfield. Take care of yourself, Bink. Yeah, and wait till Le'Veon Bell shows up. Now there was two that could have been reviewed. Obviously, that spinorama by Mahomes. He looked dangerously close to me to get in the first down. The other one was Josh Allen. People were wondering why Andy Reid didn't challenge the spot on that. I watched the replay. I thought Josh Allen had it. Now, the Fox booth didn't think he had it, but I don't exactly know what they were watching because as I was seeing it, Josh Allen did extend it. I can understand why Andy Reid didn't go ahead and challenge that play. But the Mahomes play was crazy. And, you know, he's using his status with the league to uh, his advantage. You know, he gets that Tom Brady treatment from time to time, which is awesome. But the team is afraid to hit Mahomes. You saw Buffalo later. They got two unnecessary reckless 15-yard penalties. But they're afraid to hit Mahomes. Hey, use it for your advantage. Take that little spinorama. Buffalo was backing off. Use it to your advantage. Stay in field. Use it to your advantage. And so we saw Pat do there. Let's go to Bonner Springs and talk to TJ. What's up, TJ? What is up, Bank? Hey, man. It was crazy tonight. I feel like they saw a Ferrari offense turned into a beast tonight. I mean, it was just down and dirty football, and I loved it. I loved it, too. I mean, this this team is just one in different styles and different fashions. I think a lot of times people tune in to see Pat Mahomes throw the ball deep. You know, the, the deep play always enamors, but teams are trying to shut that down. But if the Chiefs can run like they did tonight, Take advantage of it. If teams want to drop six defensive backs back there, take advantage. Run the football. Run some screens. Run some draws. Keep them honest. This will only make the Chiefs more dangerous when teams play them with the threat of a running game. For sure, yeah. With running game and defense, this team cannot be stopped, I don't think, by anyone. And the Chiefs weren't running bad, to be honest with you. People think they were, but they were 13th in the league, which is top half. They were averaging 119 Yards on the ground, the game, and guess what? Clyde Edwards-Alaire is the number two running back in the NFL. And add Le'Veon Bell in the mix, and it's it's game over. That's right. Add Le'Veon to the mix, to the stable of backs, and it's crazy. I think initially you might see Le'Veon kind of in that Daryl Williams role. I thought Daryl Williams was fantastic. His blocking back there was really, really good tonight. And just the way the confidence when he had that ball in fourth and one and he took it, shut off a blocker, got into the end zone, looked fantastic. Catching the ball as well for Darrell Williams. Not bad for the undrafted guy out of LSU. For sure, man. I was impressed by the running game tonight. I had not seen this kind of running game under Anna Reed, and so it's just pretty amazing to see. Right on. Thank you, TJ. TJ coming off opens up a line for you. This segment brought to you by Evansville Distillery, Independence, Missouri, the Silverstein Ice Center's phone line. Let's go to you in Kansas City. Not him, but you. What's up, you? Hey, what's going on, Vink? Um, when I look at this game, man, we were all clamoring about the offensive line, and then we see today um, that 
we were able to plug and play. Andy always Andy was an offensive lineman, so we know he knows what he's doing. Um, but we look at last week and we look at this week. I just think we underestimated the Raiders, and we might have been looking towards the Buffalo Bills. And uh, today we got the win. We got it grimy, but sometimes you got to win those type of games. You know what? You have, sometimes you have to show the teams you win in different ways. This was a different way, but this was a good way. This was a physical physical game for the Chiefs. I know the score was nine points, which is in the NFL is a lot of points. Uh, but let's be honest, it, it looked closer than what this game was. This was a complete domination by the Chiefs. 466 yards to 206. Yes, the uh, scoreboard looked closer than that, but this game was not that close. I also love Pat Mahomes and how the, the patience he showed as well, because I know he wants to go out there and vote, I mean, and race everybody to the finish line, but sometimes you got to just relax a little bit and let you let everybody else. Well, as we're sitting in our recliner eating the nachos or our hot wings or sitting inside where it's nice and dry, it was pretty rainy in Buffalo. I mean, it was bound not to have huge games by Allen and Pat Mahomes. I mean, yeah, they're pros. You expect them to perform, but let's face it. It was a little rainy in Buffalo tonight. Let's go out to Lawrence to talk to Connor. What's up, Connor? Hey, man, how you doing? What about them Chiefs? Big win tonight, baby. You know what? I'll take this kind of win anytime. This is my favorite win of the year, to be honest with you. And I, I know Baltimore oh, was fun, and I know we love those games where Mahomes will throw for 385 and four or five touchdowns. That's fine. This win, to me, I think is the most impressive I've seen in years because of the adversity they had to face. When you have to move Rimmers, who's not even a starter, who was starting for KO, you had to move him from guard to tackle. And then you had to put Allegretti in in his spot, and you had Kilgore at center instead of Austin Ryder, you know, being the center for a guy making half a billion dollars. You know, I commend them for the way that they played. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? We we showed some true grit tonight. And how about my boy Kelsey, man? Two touchdowns, you know. What a player out there, you know. Had that little mix-up at the end of the – half but you know he bounced back and he Great was mad right too there. and he was mad he, he that's one thing about this team they hold themselves accountable he was he was pissed about that oh yeah oh yeah but he bounced back and you know what him and eric the enemy you know they got a good re- relationship and you know what chiefs five and one let's go we're rolling that's right five and one two game lead over those raiders at this point the raiders that beat the chiefs although i expect a different result in las vegas by the way the chiefs and the broncos on the road Next week, the Chiefs won nine straight over the Broncos. Broncos have not beaten the Kansas City Chiefs since Peyton Manning. And let me tell you, that's been a minute. Let's go to Big T and Shawnee. What's up, Big T? Yeah. Hey, Bink, man. Good night, man. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, you know, uh, Bink, I want to start out. You know, remember the Royals teams and the computer and the analytics? They couldn't figure out them Royals. They wanted to run or play powerball or, or play speed defense or just play small ball. Now, I'm seeing some similarities with this Chiefs team, you know. They want to burger it up and slow it down and get get, get nasty in the trenches with Clyde the Glide. Woo-hoo! We love that kind of football. If you want to air it out, we can air it out, too. If you want to just go, go dink and dunk, we could do that, too. So these Chiefs are showing a lot of different abilities to win games, and that's what you like. 
that shows a true champion. And, and Bink, man, I got to take my hat off to Pringle. You know, he made our quarterback look good. He was scrambling around. He gave him some time, and he noticed that our quarterback was in trouble, made a brilliant play. We were asking, who's going to step in and do uh, pick up Sammy Watkins? Well, you're seeing this. And then he Clyde the Glide. What a, what a game tonight. Uh, you know, I got to give a big shout-out to that man. Keep up the good work. He don't care if a bell's coming in. He said, nobody's taking my job. This is Clyde's job. Bell's just going to help out. And, and last but not least, I'm taking my hat off to that nasty, nasty offensive line. How about them coming in and filling in and, and, and just dominating and, and, and just beating them Buffalo Bills up. My This, this shout-out goes to you guys and Clyde Edsler. And how about that Andy Reid showing a little emotion over there on that sideline. Let's get Denver next week. And way to go off this line. That's right. It should be a couple choo-choos for the offensive line. They were amazing. By the way, the 161 yards for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh, tonight against Buffalo. Third most all-time by a rookie uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs, the late, great Joe Delaney. Uh, and we all know Joe's story, unbelievable story. He ran for 193 back on November 15, 1981. Kareem Hunt did it, hit, had 172 his rookie year against the Chargers back in September 24, 2017. Clyde now already with two 100-yard games. The Chiefs' record is six. With Kareem Hunt back in 2017, Joe Delaney, five in 1981. Curtis McClinton, three in 1962. If you were alive in 1962, and maybe you were. I wasn't. Props to you. I know you weren't, Kramer. You weren't even bored in, like, 95. Let's go to Luke in North Kansas City. What's up, Luke? Hey, Bink. How's it going, man? It's going great, man. This is uh, this is my kind of win. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, what's funny is I actually I grew up uh, just down the street from, uh, Nick Bromberg and, um, his younger brother, David, one time I played him in basketball, I was like eight and he was like 11 and I got up by like two points and I started to gloat and everything else. And then David, uh, started to like show me like how, you know, obviously like I was inferior and I think that that's, like, with the Chiefs, you know, a lot of times they're like, oh, well, you, all you guys do is throw, you guys can't run the ball, this, that, and the other. This is one of those games where they were just like, oh, you think we can't do that? Okay. Check it out. Well, I, you know what? I'm with you, Luke, and that, that was the thing. People were saying, well, the Chiefs, they're all, they're all flash. This finesse team. You shut down Pat Mahomes in the passing game, what can the Chiefs do? We've heard the word blueprint all the time. And listen, I believe in NFL blueprints. I think they're they're pretty evident. And what we've seen from teams is they're playing Pat Mahomes differently this season. I, I felt they started playing him different last year in the Super Bowl year than what they did with his rookie year when he was just lighting it up for 5,000 yards and over 50 touchdowns. <laughs> he had to score every time. The defense was not prevalent. Pat Mahomes lost two games where he scored over 40 points. He lost a game where he scored over 50 points. It was like Texas Tech all over again. You know, his last year at Tech, 128 out of 128 teams, 130 now, but 120 teams, last in scoring defense. Pat Mahomes was asked to score a touchdown every single time he was on the field. And you know what? I think that helped him in the National Football League. That's something you will look for. I know when you go to the combine, you're a coach's son. They like that. What's your work ethic? They talk to the coaches. You're a leader. Can you inspire a locker room? Those are great. 
all those intangibles. But I think one of the intangibles that got overlooked was the fact that he had to score a touchdown every single time he was on the football field. That's the kind of quarterback I want because you throw a defense in there and even a running game, and they can run the ball decently to Tech when he was there. Heck, DeAndre Washington that's on the Chiefs was an active tonight, was on one of those Mahomes team, I think his sophomore year when he was at Tech. But can your quarterback, when it doesn't matter, still be the decoy? Pat Mahomes was the decoy tonight. Pat Mahomes was 21-26, 225, two touchdowns. Not bad. That's a good performance. Pat had some incredible scrambles as well, 10 for 36 yards in this game. His scrambles were effective. And then that play on the sideline was just absolutely insane. It looked like he was going on out of bounds. I look at Kramer. We're sitting there watching the game together. Here's, here's Mitch Holtus on that call. But we looked at each other and said, did he just do that? 18-yard line. Mahomes again stepping up into a void in the pocket. Holds the ball in his right hand. He will scramble. He stops. Now turns around trying to stay in bounds and thrusts forward. He is close to a first down. Where are they going to mark this? They're going to mark him close to a first down. They're going to mark it. It's going to have to be measured. Mahomes stopped, started, stopped, started, and thrust. Very similar to the Houston playoff game. At a minute 45 and counting to go third quarter, the Chiefs, let's see if they will give him the first down. (laughs) He does a play every game, and I sit there and go, what did I just see? What did I just see? I'm out my, my mouth. How, how wide open was it, Kramer? It was like, did you see that? I mean, that's why I looked right at Kramer and said, I can't believe what I just saw. It, it, was, it was a good play, and your mouth was wide open. <laughs> but it's like, it's like he's taking advantage of that Brady roll, right? He's taking oh, yeah. advantage of pe- players on defense afraid to hit him. They are. Yeah, there's going to be someone that's not at some point. It's probably going to hurt, but he's taking advantage of that, and that's that's football. That's life. You know, football, you got to win the game. You got to move the football, and they did that. But I like the game plan. I like the strategy. Again, this team was without some tough guys. Clutchio Simile, you know, a lot of people probably, you know, oh, well, they don't watch the offensive line. This guy was a mauler. He was a pancake artist. He would push you till the limit. And that's what he was known for. They had a Super Bowl ring back with the Ravens, and he's been NFL top 100. And defense respect him because you always have to see where KO is because he'll put you on the ground. Well, that was going to be something missing. Can you make up for the toughness of KO on that offensive line? We spent a lot of time talking about can the Chiefs replace Sammy Watkins in that toughness, which is a good point. But the whole point about KO, can you replace that toughness on the offensive line? An offensive line that was pushed around by the Raiders. They had 22 pressures in that game. Cleveland Farrell, the fourth-round pick last year for the Raiders, had nine pressures. His previous high in the NFL was three. The offensive line wasn't playing tough. This was a complete resurrection of that offensive line. That is not the offensive line we saw last week because, well, for one, they had new players. Daniel Kilgore in at center. And we'll talk to Kling about that. Josh Klingler, sideline reporter for the Chiefs. Of course, from Fesco in the morning as he joins us on this postgame show. We'll talk to Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com. And we'll talk about those things when it comes to the offensive line. Because I just thought they showed that. Andy Reid likes flexibility in the offensive line. You, you can play guard. You can play tackle as well. That's why when you look at the draft and you think about who the Chiefs are looking for, because – Allegretti played some center when he was at Illinois. Most of the time he played with guard. We're talking about all Big Ten selection. We're talking about a team captain for Illinois. Yeah, that stuff matters because it means 
And these guys trust you. They like playing around you. And they trust you as a captain on a team. Yes, those things do mean something. They do carry water. They do carry weight to have a, a former captain on your team. That was Nick Allegretti, who I thought had just an outstanding game. He played to the whistle. He played tough. And he stepped right in. Rimmers moves out the right tackle, and Mitch Schwartz had the back brawl. Mitch Schwartz, one of the best right tackles in the National Football League. That's a big loss. Yes, Sammy was a big loss to me because was Pringle going to be able to step up? He did. He stepped up on third down, third and 12, made a great catch. Who else? Demarcus Robinson, you know, wasn't having the drops tonight. He was catching the football and looked great. Who was going to step up for Sammy Watkins? Because I'll tell you this much. Sammy Watkins' greatness with this team does not exist in the box score. You can't look at the box score and say six catches, 85 yards, seven for 109. And keep in mind, with the Kansas City Chiefs, he's almost at 100 yards every postseason game. Or right at 99 and 98. Sammy's incredible when it counts in clutch time. But watch him when he doesn't have the football, the blocks, the fact they'll go in and crack a linebacker, do those things. Could the Chiefs replace that toughness? It was one of the things I was concerned about in the offseason. Was one of these Chiefs going to step up and be Sammy Watkins? And I'm not mean production-wise. I'm talking tough-wise. Didn't have either one of them. So they had to get it from somewhere else. And I thought this was single-handedly the toughest the Chiefs have played all season. The Bills couldn't do anything about it. The Bills were, were just getting pushed around. Now, the Bills weren't great at stopping the run. Their run defense, they were giving up almost 109 yards rushing a game. That would have been good for 13th. Their pass defense was 24th in the league. Again, with all that rain, it was tough to throw the football in this game. I get that. But <laughs> it's nice to be Buffalo. It's first time uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman had ever gone to Buffalo. I've had my fun with Buffalo. Matter of fact, they gave us the greatest gift we could ever have. And that's willing to give us Pat Mahomes. So just remember that. Thank Buffalo when you see them. I do. I thank Buffalo all the time. As a matter of fact, a week after the Chiefs drafted Pat Mahomes, they were laughing about it in Buffalo. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe the Chiefs did this. They got Tredavious White. Things are going good. They... But they had regret. They had that cognitive dissonance, post-decision-making trauma that they did give Mahomes. I asked for this audio from ESPN Rochester, our sister station, because I wanted to know what people were thinking a week after the draft when we got Mahomes. Jay, what was the general reaction to Chiefs fans a week ago tonight when they ended up trading up to the Bills to select Patrick Mahomes? Thank you, Buffalo. <laughs> Three words. Thank you, Buffalo. They were laughing at me. Now they're good dudes, my danger, and they I, I still have them on every time I play Buffalo. But they thought I was nuts. And it's like, no, thank you, Buffalo. Listen, Josh Allen's had a fine year. Do you think if you're sitting in Buffalo, New York, watching that game, do you think you at some point you're going, you know what? Josh Allen's a good player. I like Tredavious White, but damn it, that Mahomes is pretty good. That Mahomes is pretty good. You know they're thinking about it. You know they think about it in Chicago. Yeah. You know they think about it. They thought about it in Buffalo, too. Oh, yeah. They probably think about it every single day. Yeah. It's what oh. they could have. Clyde the Glide is going to be talked about a lot now, too. Remember, first week, first week against Texas, 138 yards. And then you know, it was tougher. But as I said, I think there's going to be rookie problems and rookie slowdowns this year. Because you didn't have OTAs. You didn't have mini camps. You didn't have the rookie mini camps. And none of that... And most importantly, you didn't have preseason football. 
I think those are all big in rookie developments. And I think we'll see it from Willie Gay eventually. I think we'll see it from Clyde going forward. But I'm telling you, when you take OTAs, it's one thing. But when you take out preseason football, and I know you think those games are meaningless, but to the coaching staff and to the players, they're valuable, especially rookies. Like the veteran players, no, no big deal. But the rookies, they get to kind of shed those nerves a little bit, put on an NFL uniform, you know, play in an NFL game, play in an NFL stadium. You know, walk out of the tunnel and see the fans outside of a COVID year, it's different. You didn't have the advantage of that. I mean, they mustered up toughness in front of no people. Usually you get that adrenaline and buzz from a crowd, and the fact there was nobody in New York but an empty stadium. It had to have been weird, but they found a way to tough through it in the rain in Buffalo. And I tell you, that Baltimore game and that Buffalo game, those are scheduled circlers at the beginning of the year. They considered this a huge game in Buffalo. Not that that in Kansas City they didn't. But in Buffalo, this was their Super Bowl. You know, this was Troy Aikman coming for the first time. Joe Buck coming for the first time. Buffalo, New York, originally said no fans the first two home games. This was home game number three. So they were planning on putting fans in that stadium. It didn't work out for them. But that's what they were thinking. They said, all right, well, let's show the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's show them Josh Allen. Let's show who we are here in Buffalo. Well, they don't have Pat Mahomes, and they're not the Kansas City Chiefs. That's a fine football team, but they have some serious issues the last two weeks. Let's go to Double J in Kansas City. What's up, Double J? Hey, not much. How are you doing tonight? Good. Hey, uh, I just want to call and say uh, what a win uh, against a very good Buffalo Bills team. Uh, Got to tip your hats off to the offense. Uh, Clyde Edwards, man, he had himself a night. Uh, way to go, kid. Uh, I'm excited to see uh, uh, the one-two punch with him and uh, Le'Veon Bell. Gosh, that's going to be so fun to watch. I mean, you could put the guy out as a wide receiver with Le'Veon Bell in the back too and just strike those defenses crazy. They're going to be scratching their heads, not knowing what to do. I mean, just what a game tonight, though, and uh, great job by the defense. Uh, they stepped up big when they needed to, and uh, just a great bounce back away, and uh, go Chiefs, and uh, thanks for the call, and uh, this is all this and off air. Thanks for the call, Double J. Appreciate that. Clyde, 6.2 yards of carry. Darrell Williams, 4.3. Darwin Thompson got three carries. Marie fumbled earlier, kind of out of that doghouse now. Three carries, 17 yards, and, of course, we haven't seen – Le'Veon Bell. But anyway, that's been our no-huddle segment with the phone line brought to you by the Silverstein Eye Center's phone line. And that segment brought to you by Evansville Distillery, Independence, Missouri. Trust me, I've had a few bottles of it. Yeah, give me some more of that rye whiskey. We need to take a timeout. We'll talk to Kling here in a minute. This is the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by 7th Street Casino, 610 Sports Radio. It's the play of the game. A remarkable acrobatic scramble. To you by Mazarese Jewelry. Mazarese Jewelry in the business of forever. They have fourth down and inches. They will stay. Now they go to the flip bone. There are three backs in the backfield. They give it off to 
Darrell Williams, he breaks a tackle, 10-5, touchdown, Kansas City, the flip bone. The Chiefs went to three backs, a flipped wishbone, and a 13-yard touchdown by Darrell Williams, giving the Chiefs a coveted two-possession lead at 118 to go in the third quarter. SEC scoring again, Darrell Williams, 13 yards on the run. That was 13 play, an 82-yard drive, taking 747 on the clock. That making the score 20 to 10. That is our play of the game brought to you by Mazaris. So you want to call in at 930 a.m. on Fesco in the morning. Name a player involved in the play of the game for $25 gift card to Topper's Pizza with a chance at a monthly grand prize of $500 to Mazaris. The flip bone. It had Kelsey back there and it had Ty- Tyree Kill behind that. I love a little flip bone, right? Dale Williams, LSU. You know, Clyde, the Glide, he's great at tweeting. Uh, to me, he's still Louisiana hot sauce. From Louisiana. It's tough. I love Louisiana hot sauce. It's Louisiana hot sauce to me. Absolutely, but that's the play of the game. Don't forget to call into Fesco in the morning at 930. Talk to Bob Fesco, Josh Klingler, or Ryan Wachowski, and guess what? Josh Klingler's not only the sideline reporter for the Chiefs, he's on that show as a co-host of Fesco in the morning, but we call Eye on the Chiefs with Kling. What's up, Kling? That was uh, that was fun tonight. A little different script than I think we all wrote up before before the game started. But um, hey, worked out in, in a nice victory, a hard fought win on the road, and an important victory in the AFC. And under you know difficult weather conditions, injury situation, especially along the offensive line. So come away with a win like that is uh, pretty impressive. You know what, Kling? It's one of those games that you know at the beginning of the year I circled two. You know, when I had the uh, schedule release show that I like to do and talk about the Chiefs' schedule, wins and losses, I'm that guy that grabs the Sharpie and goes W and L's uh, before the season. And the two ones I circled was at Baltimore and at Buffalo because I thought Buffalo was going to be on a short week. And, of course, I thought fans were going to be involved on the road, but they're not. Mm-hmm. It's just something we have to get used to. But my two schedule circle games were Baltimore and Buffalo, and guess what? Two wins. Yeah, I, I was with you on that one. I thought Thursday night on the road, short week. That was going to be a difficult one. I, I kind of uncircled it after the performance in Baltimore, and I thought, okay, that's that's big game mentality. I figured by the time they got to Buffalo, they might still be uh, both still be unbeaten, and I thought Chiefs are going to get up. It's going to be a big game. So, um, but then to have yeah road game on a Thursday night, move to a Monday afternoon with no fans, um, that doesn't make it as quite as imposing a a road atmosphere for sure and then you have a a buffalo team that's really searching for things on the defensive side of the football Uh, but then you had a a chiefs defense that had some questions after last week and then you know the longest play tonight 22 yards and that was it wasn't until late in the fourth quarter um so i thought the defense made a made a flipping of the uh, the switch certainly the the run game looked a lot healthier than it did uh, a week ago and probably since it did in week number 1 and uh, and then you're able to to get a kind of a closing big play out of the defense uh which was missing a week ago right coming up with that big play at an opportune time you get uh Dan Sorensen with the late interception to to seal it so yeah all in all not a lot of complaints uh, coming out of tonight other than maybe penalties again um, they had some some ways they kind of shot themselves in the foot uh, but able to to overcome them in a victory tonight third highest penalty uh, total of the year for the Chiefs although some of them I don't think are real penalties to be honest with you I think uh, Nick Allegretti just made a fine block they got called a hold it brought back a six-yard score by uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire 
but they end up scoring with Travis Kelsey anyway. But the adversity, Kling, when you going in this game, you're not going to have KO, which I think is really the nastiest offensive lineman they had. And you don't have Sammy Watkins, that I consider a real tough guy at that receiver position. And then all of a sudden we have Mitch Schwartz that had that back problem that showed up on the injury report this weekend, and he was pulled from the game earlier. So you have Mike Rimmers starting for KO. He gets switched to right tackle. And then you have Allegretti, the former seventh-round pick playing guard. Oh, and you had Daniel Kilgore starting at center. So, I mean, and they have this type of rushing performance with an offensive line that's not used to playing together. All those things make it more impressive. Yeah, and I know, you know, Andy Reid just says, well, those guys always rotate, and they do a good job of rotating, and he, he doesn't consider it kind of a big deal. I think it was an absolutely a big deal, and, and I thought Eric Fisher helping out, Nick Allegretti during the game, you could see them communicating quite a bit was was uh, huge. Yeah, but to think you're going to go out and rush and give, you know, CEH a career high in rushing yards with that offensive line, kind of a makeshift offensive line, I thought was really, really impressive. And, hey, when guys, you know, get, get healthy, now KO won't be, right? We don't expect him to be back, but when guys get healthy and they shuffle back, gives you confidence that you can put in some other guys at different positions and and have that kind of success. And then I love to see the running game uh, do what it did tonight because we spent a whole week, right, at the tail end of the week, um, uh, you know, wishing for uh, for Le'Veon Bell to be ready to go and to be able to play for the Chiefs. And then you see the, the rushing attack um, come out and have a game like that where it looks like, okay, you can just add Le'Veon Bell to this mix and you have a pretty good combination with the uh, the rookie. so And then uh, Darwin Thompson, too, running the football, right? He was kind of in the doghouse, comes up with a couple big uh, carries on a drive and maybe gets himself back in, in good stead with the uh, the coaching staff as well. So um, a lot of good stuff on the on the offense. You didn't have to put a, everything on the uh, the quarterback tonight and able to show some things in the run game and keep keep the uh, the Bills kind of off step. I felt they, they flipped the script in some respects. The, ball, the Buffalo Bills were not good at, on third down defense. Matter of fact, they were 30th in the league. The Chiefs were third best in the league on third down. They were 9 of 14 tonight, 64%. So I thought the Chiefs flipped the script there. They took advantage of a weakness of Buffalo, which was third down defense. And also, I think Buffalo tried to win the time of possession. Early on in the game, they were winning it. By the end of the game, you look at it, it's 37-45 Chiefs, 22-15 for Buffalo. That is totally not how Buffalo wanted to play this game. Yeah, they might have taken away the deep pass, but the time of possession, they weren't counting yeah. on that from the Chiefs. Yeah, time of possession was impressive. I mean, those two fourth-quarter drives, both of which resulted in, in, in field goals, you'd love to see them be, be touchdowns, but you're starting deep in your own territory. I think one was at the 7 and one was at the maybe 17 or 13, and uh, you're able to put together long drives for field goals, and we're not used to seeing the the Chiefs be the one that kind of dominates the uh, – the time of possession, but to, to beat them by almost a quarter and essentially uh, keep the ball out of their hands almost the entire uh, second half and really put the pressure on for them to score every time that they had the football um, was big and not not often something we we see the Chiefs do. Usually they're the ones that are that have teams trying to uh, you know force them to to have quick drives and be out of that time possession time of possession game. But it was cool to see the the Chiefs win that by a, a monster margin. I'll leave you with this, Kling. Am I making too much of this being one of my favorite games? Because, you know, picking a favorite game is like find a your favorite Patrick Mahomes player, find a favorite Alex Gordon <laughs> catch. It's almost impossible to do. But considering the circumstances, and I'm a run guy, Kling, you know me. I mean, I like pounding the football, showing that, uh, that dominance in the trenches. I'll have to say, I think, honestly, this might be my favorite game. 
Well, and, and just finding ways to win different ways. I think that's what we saw through the first four and maybe got away from it for a week, right? And we, we kind of, you know, we're, we're all just thinking about the that loss, but um, they've found a different way to win each and every game and, and can do it in a number of different ways and be real versatile in doing it. So this was another example I thought of that where conditions um, and, and opponent um, – allowed you to to focus a little more on the run game today and you went ahead and did that and then then obviously the defense riding the ship too i mean they were they were gashed for those big plays last week and like i said earlier 20 22 yards was the longest play they gave up so to see them um get back and i think to a little more uh i i think probably the norm of what we can expect out of this chief's defense um, was on display tonight, too. Yeah, and as Derek Johnson said on your shows, he joins you 7.30 each Monday, the Chiefs' all-time leading tackler. Don't let one loss turn into two. And um, that's something to take to heart because they did not let that one loss turn into two. Don't forget to listen to Fesco in the morning, 5.58 in the morning. Pete Sweeney will join him at 7.15. Josh Klain, their sideline reporter for the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, joining us here. Thanks a lot, Klain. Thanks, Bank. There you go, Josh Klingler right there. Talk to him at a decent time. I feel, I always feel guilty when we talk to him like after 11. Chiefs played three Monday night games out of six weeks. That's 50% of the time. They're the Monday night kings. They clearly are. By the way, you can still call me, 913-576-7610. Kramer and I are going to rock this bad boy for a couple of hours talking about this Chiefs victory over the Buffalo Bills. Will things lighten up for the Kansas City Chiefs? Well, you would hope so at this point. When you look at who they have to play and keep in mind, nothing is a given the national football league as we found out from the Raiders chiefs had beat them five in a row, nine, in the last 10, but the Raiders came in here and got a win. I do not think that happens next time. I think it was an eye opening moment for the Kansas city chiefs, but they're at the Broncos three twenty-five this Sunday. Then they have the jets at home Panthers at home. Then they have the Raiders really looking forward to that one for revenge type game. Then at Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, great defense, I felt that defense played better than Tom Brady, but Brady still got the win. The Broncos at home, at the Dolphins, at the Saints, Falcons, and then the Chargers at home. So very favorable schedule for the Chiefs going forward. Matter of fact, like Mike Clay of ESPN had it the second easiest schedule for the season. But I just like what Derek Johnson said. Do not let one loss turn into two. You've got to be able to forget about it. Just kind of like that closer's mentality. When a closer gets roughed up and – and loses a game in baseball. You know what? You got to turn it around. You can't let that bother you. You have to turn it around the following week and take advantage of it. And I felt the Chiefs did that, and I thought they made the changes. And just like I said, the cling. You know, you take advantage. Buffalo Bills were bad on third down defense. Chiefs had sixty four percent conversion on third downs tonight, nine of fourteen. The Bills were thirtieth in the NFL, giving up about fifty one percent of first downs on third down. The Chiefs were the best team on third down conversions. They slipped a third after the Raiders game, but still completing 51.5% on third down. They're good at moving the sticks. They're good at moving the chains. And we saw that running game come out for the Kansas City Chiefs today and couldn't have been happier. Just one of my favorite games, the way that they, you know, push forward. And a big part of that was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire calling him Louisiana hot sauce. He spoke after the game in the locker room. And by the way, our locker room sounds brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound. Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Here's Louisiana Hot Sauce. Hey, Clyde. Um, 
congrats on the win. Was wondering what you were seeing out there as far as the offensive line goes. It just seemed like there was a lot more room to work with this week against the Bills. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. No doubt. Uh, you know, O-line had plenty of movement and I was and I was able to, I mean, as far as my reads throughout the week, everything looked like the way we practiced. So uh, it came easy. And I mean, as, as far as you've seen, the O-line was hyped up. So as long as they're hyped up, we can keep rolling. Go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Clyde. Um, career day for you. Just what does it mean to have this type of a performance responding to your first loss in your career? And then secondly, Coach mentioned that you have talked to Le'Veon since he joined the team. I just want to know what that conversation was like before playing tonight. Yes, sir. Um, you know, as, as far as responding from, from last week's loss, I mean, it was just, it was the mindset. And, and, and ultimately, everybody knows when it, when it comes to football, it starts up front. And, and the O-line did their job. They, they, made, they made things move. They made everything easier for me. So ultimately, it's not just me. This is a career day for, for not just me, but, but the entire O-line. And then, you know, talking to Le'Veon, he's, you know, an, a, another guy coming in, a, another piece to the puzzle. So ultimately, um, from, from here, I just feel like we can, we can only go up. You know, Le'Veon, um, you know, guy, guys older than me, I'm, I'm still, in my, <clears throat> still in my rookie year. So ultimately, anything that I can do to pick his brain and, and, and gain any knowledge from, the, from, from him, I'm, I'm there for it. So uh, as far as us talking, it was a quick conversation. But ultimately, uh, we know he'll, he'll be in the building next week, so I'll be able to talk to him more in person. Let's go next to Sam Mellinger. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Clyde. Um, can you walk me through the process of just running behind so many different moving parts in front of you on the offensive line? Do you, do you change your attacks? Do you change your approach? How, how do you do that? Um, it's, it's, it's ultimately based on a play call. Um, and, and then the scheme, you know, it's the scheme of the offense. Uh, it was something that I was able to do um, as far as college. If we want to go back to last year, just having tight ends and fullbacks come across my face and, and receivers come across my face as far as um, certain blocks that we need to make happen. And ultimately, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's our scheme. Um, I was able to, to learn it over, you know, OTAs as far as on camera. So, seeing it, not just running it. And then ultimately when I got in the camp, you know, uh, watching those pictures come, in, come to life right in front of my face, the same play, same blocking schemes and everything else, it, it all just kind of plays a part in, in, in what we do. So um, I go in, I, I learn as much as I possibly can from the O-line, see how they're blocking up fronts, blocking up certain schemes, blocking up, um, you know, the, the guys are, uh, in front of them. And then it just makes my job that much easier. Next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Clyde. Um, I, I know you played at LSU, so I don't ask this question lightly, but you had a lot of yards before contact today. Have you had many games or any games like this where things were so, so wide open before you even got touched? Uh, yes, sir. A couple. Uh, you know, right now I can't just, just, just mark it off the top of my head as far as the games that, that were like that. But, um, you know, when, when, when you have days like this, things just seem, you know, like to, to part like the Red Sea. And, and that's what the O-line did. And, and ultimately, I just put my head down and run. And then when it's time to make a guy miss or, or time to run through a guy, I do my job that fires up the O-line and, and I'm doing my 111. So ultimately, it got us to win. We've got time for a couple more guys. We're going to go Sam McDowell and then Aaron Ladd. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Clyde, you're certainly aware of the way teams are trying to defend you this year uh, offensively. 
because of that, do you sort of feel the responsibility that, that you've got to have things going, you know, to, to prevent teams from finding an equation to slow you guys down? Ultimately, I just have to be accountable for my job. Um, I can't, I can't do, you know, all, all everybody else's job. Uh, like I said, I do my 111th and, and if I do my job, uh, that's, that's all I can be accountable for. So the best accountability, I mean, the best ability is accountability and that's, that's what I do. We'll go to Aaron Ladd for the last one. Go ahead, Aaron. Live, when we spoke with EB earlier in the week, he said y'all had a conversation about just getting 1% better each and every time. I'm curious where you feel like you've gotten better from week one up until, until now. Um, you know, with us having this, with us having this conversation uh, this past week, it was something that, that he told me to make sure I just have three things written down each week. And, and ultimately, um, as far as, the, as, far as the, the conversation I had in between, well, me, me and EB had, uh, my, my job this week for between me and him was finishing. And, and ultimately, I feel like I did that this week as far as my, my 1% of getting better. There's Clyde Edwards-Alaire from the locker room, Mr. Louisiana Hot Sauce from that LSU team. Sounds like a pro. He's been doing this for a long time, but keep in mind, a very professional locker room when he was at LSU last year. He had the Heisman Trophy winner in Joe Burrow. He had the Blitnikoff Award winner in Jamar Chase. He had 14 guys drafted in the National Football League the most since Ohio State had 14 back in 2004. Unbelievable game that really prepared him for what he's doing with the Kansas City Chiefs, again, the only back in the SEC history with 1,000 yards rushing in 50 receptions in a season. This is a, this is a conference loaded with running backs, 95 running backs drafted since 2000, 15 first-rounders, Clyde being one of those as he was drafted in the first round. But what a great performance by Clyde Edwards. Lair. Coming up next, we'll talk to the Plaid, the Plaid Prince himself, Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com. Next. This is the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by 7th Street Casino, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by 7th Street Casino. Welcome back, Jay Binkley, with producer Kramer Sansone, the Chiefs win. 26 to 17 in just dominating fashion over the Buffalo Bills. I had mentioned Derek Johnson, who goes on with Fesco in the morning at 7:30 each Monday, about put this one in the rearview mirror, and that was the Raiders game. How were the Chiefs going to respond after a loss? The Chiefs are good. The Chiefs are good. I'm not worried about them at all. Uh, now, you don't want to let you know one game beat you twice. You know, um, the Chiefs. A very strong mentally team, and uh, we'll see, you know, on a quick turnaround this week, playing against a really good uh, Buffalo team. They didn't let one win become two, or one loss become two losses. Don't forget, this was the Honey Badger after that Raiders game. I think for me going forward, it's, it's all about continuing to encourage my guys. You know, it's a long football season. You know, I can't get down on them. We haven't lost a game since last year. So, I mean, who am I as a leader to – you know, jump down their throat, um, you know, because they we didn't perform, you know, as we would like as a group. Um, obviously, you know, uh, you know, I'll let the, I'll remind them, I'll tell them, you know, we'll grow from it. You know, even myself, you know, I gave up a big play today and, you know, that's all a part of the game. So, um, you know, we'll get back in the lab. You know, like I said, um, it's, it, it's good. It's a good feeling going forward. Um, obviously, we lost. It's a bad feeling. But to be this motivated, I haven't felt this motivated um, in a very, very long time. And I know my teammates you know, on all sides of the ball, you know, feel, feel the exact same way. That's what leaders do. That was after the Raiders game. Tyron Matthew taking accountability, going back to the lab. And they didn't. They didn't let it bother them. 
they came out rejuvenated, and they shut down that Buffalo Bills offense. Chiefs had the ball 37 minutes, 45 seconds, to 22-15 of the Bills on the road. Again, that was the honey badger after the Raiders' loss. The motivation, the self-motivation, complained it all week. I just love that sound by the Badger. And you know what? They went out tonight. They wrote the check, and they cashed it. Let's go to Grant in Kansas City. What's up, Grant? Oh, definitely one of the best online shows you guys have after the Chiefs post game. That's all I got to say. Keep it up, guys. Hey, thanks for the call. I think that was positive. It sounded like it. Well, did it sound positive? Okay, I just never know for sure. But uh, it sounded positive. I like that. Let's go to Lone Jack real quick and talk to Neil before we talk to the Plaid Prince. What's up, Neil? Hey, Jay. Good evening, man. Um, great win. Always wonderful to win on the road. Any win in the NFL is great. Um, I want to give Andy credit for the game plan and sticking to what was working. I think that was great, and I love seeing the tough run blocking. I love winning in different ways. I love all that. I love Pringle. And DeMarcus stepping up. I wish Hardman stepped up a little bit more tonight. Um, I got to say, though, Jay, I can't say that I enjoyed it as much as you did. It wasn't what I was expecting. I I was feeling good about this game. I thought we were going to win. But it wasn't what I expected. I'm good with it. It's a win. It's great. But let me ask you, what if Clyde's fumble was not overturned? It's a one-possession game. We're running that we're. But it wasn't, though. Here's the thing, though, Neil. And a win's a win. 9.1 on the road. This was in dominated fashion, considering all the adversity they had with that offensive line, not having Watkins, you know, going on the road. Buffalo's a good football team. You know, they they haven't shown it the last two weeks, but it's a good football game. But the Chiefs have not played their best game. They just haven't. Like maybe the Baltimore game. Maybe the Baltimore game, you could say that was an A game by the Kansas City Chiefs. But they haven't played their, their best game, but yet they're still winning. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it's a beautiful thing. I agree with almost all everything you're saying, and I'm glad you're able to really I, – I just could – I was stressing too much about this because it was so so close until late in the game. Um, the pass blocking, I still feel like struggled a lot tonight. I feel like Patrick was running for his life way too much, and he's usually incredible – in those scenarios, and, and the last couple of weeks, I feel like the last few weeks, I feel like when he's on the run, he isn't as amazing as he usually is. I mean, he had the win, big play to, to Byron Pringle tonight and a couple of pay, plays to Travis. But I just feel like we rely on that too much, and I hope that obviously it's patchwork offensive line. I just hope that that gets better going forward. And, Jay, if we can, if, I, if we have a minute, you've already mentioned this twice in, in the postgame show, and I feel like even in a win, can we talk about the refs a little bit? Last week and this week, they've taken, in my opinion, three touchdowns away from us um, from the offensive uh, side of the ball. The, the, off- the touchdown to Tyreek last week is taken away. The touchdown tonight to Clyde edwards Lair is taken away. And that long pass to Tyreek last week that was an obvious pass interference. They didn't call it. Well, the Bills' and best, pa- the Bills best offense that. tonight was Chiefs' uh, defense. And – Yes, there was some pushing going around, but I'll say this too. Diggs was pushing off. Like Diggs yeah. did push off. So, I mean, it could have gone either way. It just depends on how they viewed it. But I didn't think the officiating was great. 
and they didn't call a single holding penalty against him. I, I probably at least three or four times I saw Frank Clark or Chris Jones or both being held. Not one time was it called. You know, you, you mentioned how Patrick is using his cred with the league and, you know, getting extra calls, and that's great. But where's the credit for this defense that was top five defense at the end of the year last year? Where's the credit for the offensive line that when we do score, it gets called back on a penalty? Yeah. What's going on? I feel like, is there something wrong with letting the Chiefs just dominate the league? Well, the officiating was rough. Do this, Neil. Just take a deep breath. Enjoy the win. Just enjoy the win. That's all you got to Because I know the next guy enjoys wins. His name is Pete Sweeney. He's editor-in-chief. ArrowheadPride.com, your source for Chiefs information. Matter of fact, it's the Arrowhead Pride uh, post game show, but I guarantee you he's enjoying this win. Are you, Pete? I'm enjoying the win, Jay. There's no doubt about it. I figured you'd be enjoying this. This is honestly like I'm not letting Neil rid my, my, my buzz here on this game. This is one of my right. favorite Chiefs wins because they didn't play their best game. They still won by nine points on the road, they were completely dominant. In Buffalo, but considering the shuffling of the offensive line in Kilgore starting, which I think surprised you and me, right? Because Austin Ryder's been showing up on the injury report, but he's been practicing, and then Rimmers having to move the right tackle for Schwartz and seeing Allegretti at left guard. That's a lot of shuffling on that offensive line tonight. But I thought they played well. Yeah, speaking of Daniel Kilgore, that last caller, Neil, was such a buzzkill, man. I mean, that guy. Get that I like guy Neil, but he was bringing me down. He's bringing me down. I ah, mean, I don't love Neil. He's a buzzkill. Anyway, I'm really happy about the Chiefs win, and you're right. And I can tell that you would like this win as I was watching it, Jay, yeah. because you're a smash mouth football guy. This was a team in the rain that maybe wasn't as flashy as it usually is, and they were running the football, and you had the best performance of Clyde Edwards Alaire's career. And my favorite part of this game was the fact that you bring Levy and Bell in, and I've said with you on the air and others here on 610 Sports Radio, person that probably hurts the most is Daryl Williams. I think it's going to carve into a lot of Daryl Williams' time, and he was able to get, if you look at the math here, the game-winning score. So good on the Chiefs or to Darwin. find a way to win. It's not always going to be the prettiest game in the world. You're going to have to win different styles of games. And to hold Josh Allen, who was considered an MVP candidate early on in this season, to what, like 55 yards in the third quarter? Just a really good team effort tonight. Put to it this way, Pete. It's less than 200 yards passing between Allen and – well, no, because uh, Lamar had 97, Josh Allen 122. That's last year's MVP and everybody's All-American. Josh Allen held to that. I mean, that's that's the defense has taken these quote MVPs and just really run their run their their seasons. Yeah, and I thought it was important to see Travarius Ward play a little bit better than he did last week. Now there were some penalties early on that I know that they were questionable in here and there, but. Yeah, I mean, the bottom line is the bottom line. And the fact that you hold Josh Allen, who is everyone's favorite quarterback, up-and-comer, and deservedly so. I'm not killing Josh Allen here, but for him to be considered that, one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL, and to come away only holding him to 122 yards, and really somewhat in check on the ground, too. And the only reason he really compiled 42 yards on the ground is because he couldn't really connect on anything through the air. So good effort by the Chiefs defense, exactly what you wanted to see if you're a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I thought the Chiefs really like played to the weaknesses of the Bills. And what I mean by that is the Bills were a bad team on third down defense. 
30th in the NFL. Chiefs were one of the best teams in the NFL on third down conversion, third in the NFL. They were first until that Raiders game. They converted 64% on that. The time of possession, I felt like the Bills game plan was T.O.P. today. And you saw that first quarter, and it was slided towards the Buffalo Bills. But in the end, the Chiefs 37-45 in Buffalo 22-15. That's a big difference. That's a full quarter of having the ball more than Buffalo. So two things in the Buffalo's game plan I think the Chiefs ruined. Yeah, you're seeing different teams try different things to match the Chiefs and try to compete with them. The Las Vegas Raiders took a different approach than Buffalo, which is I think the approach you might have to take is get into a shootout with them and be able to score. I think that might be the only chance that you have. The Bills tried the opposite approach where they did try to keep it a low-scoring game and play the time and possession game, but that's hard to do when you're trailing 7-3 and then 13-10 and then all of a sudden it's 20-10 and 20 three to ten you know you can't end up doing that and by the time they were switching to what was more of a quicker attack they it was too late they scored and it was 23 to 17 i mean once they finally put the pressure on once they finally hit the gas pedal they were able to score in two minutes and 33 seconds now granted i'm sure the chiefs were playing a little bit softer of coverage but I think that was a mistake schematically. I, I wonder if the Chiefs see Buffalo again, they, that Allen goes right after the defense and they can try, they try to pass and score as much as the Chiefs do. Yeah, I'm curious about that because we've seen different teams do different stuff. I felt the Chargers game plan was a lot like the Raiders. That's that's not really blitzing, just using pressure from the front four. Uh, the Raiders are not a good team at getting sacks. They were second fewest sacks going to the Chiefs game, but they applied a lot of pressure. Buffalo or New England just... Six defensive backs, let's drop seven. We have seen teams limit Mahomes on the deep ball, so much so that he even said so. We'll have to do other things. But to me, tonight show the Chiefs can do other things. What warning sign did this game send other teams in the league? Like, you know what? We may spend all, all the week trying to, to bottle up Patrick Mahomes and work on a running game and try to have time of possession. But if the Chiefs can run the football like this, and oh, by the way, they're going to add Le'Veon Bell, that puts a whole new element. The Chiefs could beat you on the ground. We know they could beat you on the air. Tonight, I think it was a good wake-up call for the National Football League and the Chiefs. It just was incredible, I think, what they were able to do with the offensive linemen that they had. I, I don't know if it was a thing where they were just more fresh than everybody else. And so, you know, They hadn't played in those spots or it was just a different look or whatever, but you got to think that you have to give this combination of these five guys who were put in in a whim here with Allegretti at left guard, the the draft pick, and you have the veteran Daniel Kilgore who gets to start at center, and you kick Remmers out to right tackle. There had been some games where you weren't exactly happy with what Mitch Schwartz was doing. Not to say that you want to bench Mitch Schwartz, but that line was so good, it actually has you talking crazy a little bit. Like... It, it almost is like these guys deserve to stay in until they're not doing what they were able to do tonight. You know, they, they played that well. So the Chiefs have a, a good problem on their hands, surprisingly, the offensive line. Like, if we go into this game and I list you the offensive linemen, like, say we knew Mitch Schwartz was not going to play in this game ahead of time for most of it, you would have thought it went a lot worse than it did, and it was actually – really good and I think that leads me to what you were just talking about in the sense that 
Patrick Mahomes isn't having a good day or the defense is just playing him well and they are taking away the deep ball and some of his weapons and like a Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey likes to do. There is a formidable ground game. And today against the Bills, they played like one of the better ground games in the NFL. So that's just another layer to a really impressive Chiefs team. I'm sure on ArrowheadPride.com, Pete, there's going to be a lot of talk about the line, and especially Clyde Edwards-Hilaire running the football and what Darrell Williams was able to do. That was our play of the game when Darrell Williams on that flip bone, as Mitch Holtis called it, uh, scored on fourth and one with Darrell Williams. A, a remarkable play. But who's kind of the unsung guys? You know I like to ask you that question, and your guys at Arrowhead Pride, who, who are guys that aren't going to get the credit? We're not going to get talked about a ton tomorrow. Who are they going to be? I got a good one for you, I think. Today, okay. I think. Let's say Byron Pringle. Because now you've had the Chiefs in two situations last year and this year where they dialed up Pringle in a big spot, and he was two for two. I think back to the Lions game last year. And now third down, all of a sudden the game is interesting because as I talked about, the Bills are putting on the pressure, and he makes another big catch from Patrick Mahomes. There seems to be rapport and a chemistry there. And he's another guy that you need to start maybe considering playing time. If, if Demarcus Robinson didn't play as well as he did, you'd be pushing for Pringle to play. That That's another good problem to have. So, yeah, I, I would say Byron Pringle is my unsung guy, and you got to give it to Dirty Dan with that filthy interception with the one hand. Come on. Yeah, that's what Dan likes to do. You know, I think we'll be talking about that for sure. I like that unsung guy, Pete. I just think there's there's so many. You know, I would say Nick Allegretti would have been that guy. Just his nastiness, his toughness. I thought he got screwed on a holding call there that brought back a touchdown. For Clyde, I thought he played extremely well. And I'm going to give it up to Rimmers. Playing all week, planning to play guard, and then moving out to tackle, which are completely two different disciplines. Got a great beard, too. Don't forget about that part of it. Yeah, it's a lot, but it's, it's not bad. It's really good. It's better than mine and definitely better than yours. It's big and red. And at the podium during the week, he's he said he has a little mask beard going okay. up to the podium because he's got the mask on. He's following the protocols. So. Dealt with a lot of mask beard this week and had to switch positions at the last second and played well at right tackle. That's a lot harder, I think, to play than the interior, so good on him. Tweet of the night goes to the Atlanta Falcons, though, Pete. Uh, the Cardinals are winning 28-3, to and uh, the Falcons tweeted out, don't add us, we know. I love that, uh, I love that humor. <laughs> aren't you happy that you aren't the Atlanta Falcons? When you see a tweet like that? <laughs> Twenty. You are don't add us. We already know what happens, but don't forget, uh, Pete. Huh? Like when you think about the Atlanta Falcons and the Kansas City Chiefs, what is the multiplier as far as how much better shape they're in? It's like a thousand times better shape at this point. Yeah, it's a thousand times better. And look at look at all the records they broke. I mean, that's the third best rushing performance. How about Pat Mahomes? His two pitch, touchdown passes tonight, Pete. Um, 91 career touchdown passes in 37 games, passing Hall of Famer Dan Marino, who did that in 40 games, is the fastest quarterback in the Super Bowl era to reach 90 career touchdown passes. I mean, he does it when we're not even really talking about Mahomes. He just beats the great Dan Marino, just like that. <laughs> it is crazy, and and it, it's something that you probably should try to focus on after each game and just hopefully let seep in but yeah he's made the incredible just kind of commonplace like here he is now casually becoming the greatest player of all time before our eyes and because of the way the run 
game was tonight, we're not even really giving that that much attention when this is what we've been waiting for for a long time. So, yeah, it was a modest game for Mahomes. Breaks another record, but 20, 21 of 26, he, I think, this week took what was given to him for the 225 yards, two touchdowns. Your rating can't get much better than 128.4. He did what he needed to do. He took what was there, where maybe in previous weeks you can complain that he was forcing things. So he's adjusting on the fly. There will be more five-touchdown Mahomes games in the future. Just didn't need it tonight. Well, I'm glad television acknowledged that that eight points he lost to the Raiders was the largest in the history of Mahomes, and that's still Mm -hmm. a one-possession game that we see these quarterbacks go out and get roasted at different times. Never happened to Pat. Never Still an unbelievable stat. Yeah, I actually tweeted out during the Raiders game last week that I was finally going to come to an end, and then he somehow, yep. some way, gave the Chiefs a chance at the last second and had Dave Tobe's magical little onside kick thing worked. Who knows how that yeah. game plays out for the Chiefs. Got the loss. And that's what made this win tonight really big. It's because you, you need to win these AFC games because after head-to-head it goes to AFC record and division mm-hmm. record and whatnot for that bye week. And especially when it's head-to-head against a contender in the AFC, you got to get those dubs. So now I look at the Ravens and the Bills. I think the Raiders are an up-and-coming team, but I don't think they're going to be in contention for the bye week. So this is a game that you needed, and they get it against Buffalo. Tough place to play. Easier, obviously, without fans, but they traveled and they were able to win. I kind of miss the uh, Bills Mafia lighting themselves on fire and jumping through tables, though, on uh, those, those tweets. I love that. So. I didn't you miss that. Are a, you, you know, you you are a party guy. It's, yeah. it's you you know you like to be sure. on the radio and then maybe have a yeah. have a have a beverage or two. Yeah, Good for you, Jay. I like that. Pete Swinney's editor in chief, Pride.com. Even though he's stingy with his hats, you can hear him tomorrow morning at seven fifteen on Fesco in the morning. Then, of course, Pete and I have Arrowhead Pride Radio six to seven right here on six ten Sports Radio on Wednesday night. Pete, uh, talk to you later, my friend. All right, smell you later, Jay. Cut it. Cut it. Did you cut it, Kramer? It's clear now. Okay, thank you. <laughs> of course, online they can hear that, but uh, yeah, I don't like uh, people hearing that uh, from Pete. It's a little smell you later. It gets a little old, and I'm glad we're able to do that. Before we hear the plays tonight, let's go real quick to Jim in Lee Summa. What's up, Jim? Hey, guys. A couple points. Um, I think this is exactly what the Chiefs uh, needed was to reestablish their ground attack. Uh, the reason I say that, if you look two years ago when Kareem Hunt um, was our running back and um, our running game was a real threat, that's the huge year that Patrick had, and that's his MVP year. Last year we didn't have the running game. No, nah, Kareem, Kareem, Kareem was the year before Pat was MVP. Okay, but th- that offense was well-balanced and, and dangerous. In any professional sport, if you're one-dimensional, somebody could stop you. Dan Phelps is one of the best quarterbacks ever, but they were a totally one-dimensional team, and he never could get to where he was going. So I think this is great. If you make teams step up and have to at least um, honor your run game, it's not going to do anything but help out uh, Patrick in the long term. No question about it. Having a strong run game. Is perfect. It's just what the doctor ordered. No, Cream Hunt had that thirteen twenty seven, which led the NFL when Alex Smith was the starter that two thousand seventeen year, where Pat Mahomes just started the last game against the Broncos. Cream Hunt was with Pat in two thousand eighteen, but it was eight twenty four. He played eleven games before the Chiefs let go of Cream Hunt. Now it's time to hear how everything unfolded. It's time for touchdown, Kansas City. Kelsey 
outside, over the shoulder, makes the catch in traffic. Mahomes faking a handoff, throwing long, coming near son, Tyree Carroll, burning the Broncos, a 41-yard corner pattern to the near side. Slant pattern, intercepted at the 40-35, coming to the near side, it's one Thornhill, 10-5. A highlight-filled summary of the game with the voice of Chiefs Kingdom, Mitch Holtis. Touchdown, Kansas City! Touchdown Kansas City with the voice of Mitch Holtus, the voice of the Chiefs he heard over on 106.5 The Wolf, the new home of the Kansas City Chiefs. Not 101 anymore, it's 106.5 The Wolf. The segment brought to you by Olathe, Ford, Lincoln. Well, for the Kansas City Chiefs and Buffalo Bills, it was the Buffalo Bills that actually got on the board first with a 48-yard field goal by Tyler Bass. It was 11 plays, 38 yards. It took 427 off the clock, Buffalo had led three to nothing until it was Travis Kelsey getting his first touchdown of the night from one Patrick Mahomes. Chiefs stay in the shotgun right hash. Edwards Hilaire now coming in motion as Hill. Instead, they fake to him as Mahomes sprinting to the near pylon, reaches out, touchdown. That was last week. Here it is. First and 10 at the Buffalo 11. Pass over the middle, cut by Kelsey. Takes on Edmonds into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. Mahomes to Kelsey. What's new? What's new? It's Mahomes' 16 consecutive games with a touchdown pass, an all-time Kansas City Chiefs record. Yeah, you heard right there. 16 straight games with a touchdown pass, a Kansas City Chiefs record. Just showing you, no matter what's going on, whether it's the running game or whatever, Pat Mahomes is going to deliver. Five plays, 75 yards, took just 237 off the clock, but gave the Chiefs a 7-3 lead until Buffalo, they would come back with Stephon Diggs. Right hash at the four. Moss, the running back, they're going to look to throw it. Again, Allen is a threat to run it. He fires a pass that is caught out of bounds by Diggs. No, they're going to say a touchdown. It looked like he had run out. The angle became too thin, but they're going to give Diggs the touchdown, and they'll take a long look at this. But Diggs able to pin himself against the boundary in the end zone against Ward. Again, man-to-man coverage on a little in-and-out move, and the pass is caught and ruled a touchdown. This is going to be close if he got a second foot in, and it appears he did. That's a heck of a play by Diggs because he gets the – front part of his foot barely in by a couple of inches and Buffalo should regain the lead here gain the lead and Diggs had some interesting plays tonight I I thought he pushed off a couple times drew the penalties of the Kansas City Chiefs but this was the most impressive drive in the second quarter by Buffalo when things were going their direction time of possession was going Buffalo's direction Diggs four-yard TD pass from Josh Allen 13 plays 75 yards that took 643 off the clock Diggs made an incredible catch. That was an incredible catch, keeping the feet in. You know why he's in Buffalo. He's their biggest weapon. No slight to my guy, John Brown, from Pittsburgh State, but Stephon Diggs makes things happen. But that touch pass by Allen, that was his best throw of the night because nobody could catch it. That wouldn't be intercepted. Only Stephon Diggs had a chance for that. But, wow, that was a great drive by Buffalo. 13 plays, 75 yards, 643, and you start to think, okay, Buffalo's going to bring it tonight. But then... But then, guess who again? Third and 11 for the Chiefs. The football is at the Buffalo 12-yard line. 5.01 to go second quarter. 10-7 Bills. 
Touchdown taken off the board. Now can Mahomes get it back? Corner pattern near side. Kelsey reaches up and makes the grab. Touchdown, Kansas City. Mark Holmes to Kelsey for the second time. And sweet nectar taste by the Chiefs on a 16-yard pass, overcoming the holding penalty. It was Travis Kelsey. That holding penalty was on Allegretti. It wasn't really a penalty. It was a nice block by him, but I digress. It was a six-yard run. It came back, but that was a 12-yard score from Kelsey from Patrick Mahomes. Harrison Butker missed the point after. He's now missed four on the season. His extra point ratio is 77%, which is worse in the National Football League. He makes these clutch kicks as he's made two nice kicks tonight, a 37-yarder and a 30-yarder, considering the rain and everything in Buffalo, but he missed that one. But for Buffalo to have that 13-play, 75-yard drive, 6.43 in the second quarter. Second quarter was also the Chiefs, 12 plays, 75 yards, taking 6.26 off the clock. Both these drives from Buffalo and Kansas City, 75 yards, 13 plays by Buffalo, 12 for Kansas City, 6.43 in time of possession by Buffalo, 6.26 from Kansas City. So, yeah, that put the score at 13-10. Could have been 14-10, but the missed extra point. That was the halftime score. Then, it was 13-10. Third quarter, our play of the game happened to be this one. They have fourth down and inches. They will stay. Now they go to the flip bone. There are three backs in the backfield. They give it off to Darrell Williams. He breaks a tackle. 10-5. Touchdown! Kansas City, the flip bone. The Chiefs went to three backs, a flip wishbone, and a 13-yard touchdown by Darrell Williams, giving the Chiefs a coveted two-possession lead at 118 to go in the third quarter. Yeah, that flip bone, you had Tyree Kill out there as well as maybe an extra weapon. You know the defense is looking at that. What are they going to do here with Tyreek? That flip bone, that's what they're going to do. But Darrell Williams, that's why it's our play of the game. 13-yard run that was on fourth and one. But... You look at the drive. That was the drive of the game for the Kansas City Chiefs. The longest drive of the game. 13 plays, 82 yards, 747 off the clock. The only score in the third quarter was Darrell Williams. And this put the game from 13 to 10 to 20 to 10. A two-possession game, which really, I think that was a critical time for the Chiefs. Of course, they were going to go for it. And that came after that weird Pat Mahomes like spin play where he's running it where I thought he got the first down. He didn't. They said fourth and one. But Andy Reid, because they had so much success running, let's do a play here and let Darrell Williams run in. Darrell Williams just didn't get the yard. No, he carried it for 13 yards into the end zone. So it's 20 to 10 Chiefs at that point. Harrison Butker with a 37-yard field goal in the uh, fourth quarter 907 on the clock 10 plays 75 yards again a long drive from the Chiefs taking 520 off the clock that made the score 23 to 10 when Harrison Butker kicked that but Buffalo Buffalo wasn't done scoring either they came down and scored a touchdown 643 to go in the game Bills threatening at the Kansas City 8 first down and goal to go Allen a threat to run and pass Chiefs blitz over the middle Beasley catch stretches forward Buffalo touchdown a quick slant to Cole Beasley, and the Bills don't waste much time. They didn't waste much time at all. That was six plays that went 75 yards, taking just 233 off the clock. That brought the game to 23-17. to 17. All right, starting to close, close it up a little bit. What can the Chiefs do? Can they go on another long drive? Well, the Chiefs did. Harrison Butker ended up with a 30-yard field goal to kind of ice this game away. 
She's trying to go up nine. Low snap. Butker's kick is El Perfecto. And Butker nails it. And the Chiefs want to drive. It was the second field goal of Harrison Butker. This is one of 30 yards. Also had a 37-yarder in that game. But, again, another impressive drive from the Chiefs. 12 plays, 75 yards, taking 438 off the clock. Guess who, though, iced this game away? The Bills have the ball back at their own 23. Allen retreats. Here comes Chris Jones, but he floats a pass over the middle. It's going to be intercepted. Dirty Dan Sorensen with the pick. A one-handed grab and the eighth pick of Dirty Dan's career. But just like he closed out the game in Mexico City last year, in a game that feels like this one, he gets a pick on the first Bills turnover of the game, and it comes at 111 to go in the contest, and the Chiefs leading by nine. Dirty Dan's had some good games against the Buffalo Bills. Well, here's the final call by Mitch Holtis, as heard on 106.5 The Wolf. They showed up with some guts because this was not a pretty game. The Chiefs, Bills wanted to shorten the game. Chiefs said, now we'll just keep the ball all second half and we'll run it. And Patrick Mahomes was brilliant in this game. This feels like the Detroit win. It won't come off as a big stat game for Patrick Mahomes, but it'll come off as a winning quarterback beating a really good team on the road game. No question about it. That's the great Mitch Holtis play-by-play of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. Of course, Danon Hughes with the color commentary and Josh Klingler on the sideline. That segment brought to you by Olathe Ford Lincoln. It's my favorite win. It's probably my favorite win in Pat Mahomes era. It didn't take 385 yards and five touchdowns. No. Sometimes you got to win ugly, man. You got to win by grinding. Look at these long drives for the Kansas City Chiefs. And Mahomes still sets his record. Those two touchdown passes to Travis Kelsey today gave him 16 consecutive games with a passing touchdown, setting the new franchise record. He passed Elvis Gerback and threw a touchdown pass in 15 consecutive games. But those two touchdown passes gave Pat Mahomes 91 career touchdown passes in 37 games played. Passing Hall of Famer Dan Marino who did it in 40 games. Again, Mahomes, 37 games. Dan Marino, 40, is the fastest quarterback in the Super Bowl era to reach 90 career touchdown passes. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Put that on your Twitter machine and tweet it. Because I've seen a lot of Pat Mahomes versus Allen and showing the yards and stuff like that. Another record for Patrick Mahomes. But I love to grind it out for the Chiefs. Coming up next, we'll head back inside that Chiefs locker room. Plus, take your calls at 913-576-7610. This is the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by 7th Street Casino, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by 7th Street Casino. 26-17, a nice, cool nine-point win for the Chiefs. Inject this one into my veins. Seriously. I won't, have, I won't drink energy drinks. This one will give me that. The, the pounded out running style. Enjoyed it. Chiefs really relying on that SEC backfield, man. Just pounding them. With some LSU Tigers. I love that, even though they lost to Missouri this year. Let's go to Phoenix and talk to Sandra. What's up, Sandra? Hey, man. I knew you were going to love this game. I knew you were going to love this game. I did. I did. It was your classic ground and pound. And, yes. You know, Willie Rose tweeted tonight about the O-line, saying it was the greatest performance, blah, blah, blah. And, and that was thrilling to me because 
I like, I mean, my favorite chief of, chief of all time was one of the offensive linemen. So I always got to appreciate Who? that. Who's your favorite? Grenhard. Timmy G. I thought you were going to say one of the many ones. Grove well, or Waters I, or Shields. or. I know, I know. It's really hard. They had a bunch but, of good ones. Fisher, Schwartz. Because yeah, he was just such a, such a gamer. And you gotta love that. Sure. He, he he would run out on the field bleeding. You know, put me in, coach. Well, Kramer comes in here bleeding too. So he's like, "Hey, listen, listen, Kramer and I talked tonight, and we talked about how how secretly fond you are of him, and we know that." I apologize. You had to talk to Kramer, but he does. Uh... <laughs> I love you. <laughs> you know what? From Phoenix to Kansas City with love, right, Kramer? You're right. That's right. But anyway, you enjoyed the grounded pound style of the Chiefs. You know, I was trying to think of when they had that A game. Maybe Baltimore, when yeah. things all came together. They did give up that touchdown, the Devarney, that uh, kick return touchdown. That wasn't right. perfect. But other than that, you just have to like the way the Chiefs have won different styles. They're gonna get. They are gonna get the target of everybody. They and are the team that people want to beat. Look at the Raiders. They allegedly yeah. did a little lap around Arrowhead Stadium. Congratulately. I'm shocked they didn't have a Super Bowl parade in well, Las Vegas just for beating the Chiefs. Everybody wants to knock this team off. That's right. We're everybody's Super Bowl, and mm-hmm. we just got to figure that out. And as you say, it's it's got to be different every time, and we're rising to meet it. Yeah. And plus, which I got I to leave you with this thought. Because the greatest – Scar I have emotionally from sports is the AFC game in Buffalo. Mm. Like that's never really healed over. So mm. anytime we beat Buffalo in Buffalo, it's like somebody rubbed, rubbed dirt on that scar, and I feel a little better. You know, here, Sandra, and great call. I cannot. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I feel that Buffalo is one of those great sports towns that just doesn't win. Like I thought about Cleveland for a while. They're just passionate fan bases. But look at Buffalo. I mean, four straight Super Bowl trips. Scott Norwood going wide. Uh, they didn't get it done. You know, it's a great town. Just hardworking people. You know, they love football. But I, I don't hold any ill will against Buffalo. Not only do I enjoy their fabulous Buffalo wings, but it's because of the Buffalo Bills we have Patrick Mahomes. Like, how can I really hate the Buffalo Bills for letting us draft a generational quarterback in Pat Mahomes? Am I right here, Kramer? Like, that, that yes. to me, is the gift of all gifts. No, oh, yeah, you're right. That is the thing you get on Christmas morning. You never turn back. That is something you put over your mantle. That is like a keepsake that means something to you. Like, I, I, I want to not like Buffalo, and I get tired of hearing about Josh Allen and all this, but they gave us Mahomes. You're right about the Christmas gift analogy. On, on a platter here, at Kansas City. The fact that he went to we'll, a we'll go back. Guy. Yeah, we'll go back. We'll take Tre'Davious White, fine player, fine player, oh, a great player. But he's no Mahomes. No, no, there's there's nobody that's like Mahomes. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's just a part of me that appreciates the Buffalo Bills. I like to beat them, yes, but you know, a part of me still says thank you, Buffalo. There's three simple words: thank you, Buffalo. You need to get that tattooed. I should get that. I should get that. Let's go back in the locker room, and we'll hear from the quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. By the way, 37 games, 91 touchdowns, passes that 90-touchdown marker. Took Dan Marino 40 games to do it. Took Pat Mahomes, just Patrick Mahomes, 37 games to do it. Sounds of the game brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound. 
Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Here's Patrick after the game. Patrick, just what was the energy like in the huddle when it became clear that you guys could run at will tonight? Yeah, I think the, the O-line and uh, those guys really took it personally upon themselves that uh, the light boxes that we've been facing and uh, the pressure that, that was given up last week, and they took that personally this week, and you saw it You saw it today. They, they gave good holes for Clyde to run through. Uh, we had to shuffle those guys around. The guy stepped up, and, and Clyde really hit it and uh, finished runs well. Next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Patrick. Um, curious about the uh, the running game tonight and your reliance on the running game. Was that the idea going into tonight, or was that something you guys just stuck with because it was working so well? Yeah, I mean, obviously we had a few more a few more pass plays called. I mean, we always do. But, uh, I mean, once we saw that how deep their, their linebackers and safeties and corners were playing, uh, we knew that we had the run. We had the run game. And so those, we really just stayed with it. Um, and, and if teams are going to play us like this, you're going to see us running the football, and we have the guys that can do it. Let's go next to Pat Graham. Go ahead, Pat. Hey, Patrick, how you doing? I think this is the uh, first time you guys have run for more than you've thrown for. What was it like uh, resisting the temptation to take shots downfield and uh, stuff like that? Yeah, it was definitely different. I mean, I had a few of those RPOs called, and I had to, I had to tell myself not to throw it, just keep handing that thing off. I mean, uh, Clyde was running well, O-line was blocking well. And, uh, I mean, I just want to win. I don't care how that's done, uh, pass, run, defense, whatever that is. And uh, we found a way to do that. Next to Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Patrick, can you walk us through the third down to Byron? Uh, and just with those Sammy tonight, how proud were you of him for stepping up in a huge moment? Yeah, I mean, Pringle, uh, I've always uh, thought highly of Pringle. I mean, he comes in every single day. He works extremely hard. And when his number gets called, he makes plays. Um, and so uh, he's someone that's stuck with us for a while. I'm sure he's had opportunities to try to go somewhere else, but he's, he's been with us and he's made plays. And on that, that one, he was kind of not even in the read. Um, it was a read that I would look at Tyreek and came back to Kels and their safety drove it pretty well. And so extended the play um, and, and Byron kept working uh, like he always does. And I found him at a, at a big time. Next to Todd Lebo. Go ahead, Todd. Hey Patrick, I wonder if you could specifically talk about how well Nick Allegretti stepped in and played and then what it was like to kind of have to shuffle with, uh, with Mitch leaving so early. And I'd like to ask a question about the defense too afterwards, Brad. Yeah. All right. Well, the, with the O-line, I thought they did a, a tremendous job. I mean, not only Nick coming in, stepping up and, and playing his tell off really blocking well in the run game and the pass game. Um, but uh, uh, Rimmers who just came in this last week at guard and moving the tackle uh, behind where shorts is usually at and, and really stepping up and doing a great job there. I mean, uh, uh, those guys are really prepared well. Beach has a good job of getting a lot of great guys in that room, and Coach Heck coaches them up really well. And so, uh, thought they did a, a tremendous job. I mean, hopefully we can get Mitch, we can get Mitch back here here quickly. But uh, uh, I'm I'm proud of those guys, and I, I have full trust in those guys going forward. And what'd you see from your defense this week? You know, I know that we're not very happy with what happened last week against the Raiders. Did you sense a little something from them, like they were ready to come out and have a performance like this? Yeah, 100. percent You can see that in practice. I mean, the attitude. Uh, the mindset. I mean, those guys have been rolling for a long time now, and to have a game like they had last week, they, I mean, that, that they took that like I kind of like said about the line. They took it personally, and they really came in, focused in on the details of every single thing. And uh, I mean, they showed why. I mean, they're they're one of the top defenses in this league, and they don't get the respect that they deserve. Next to Sam Mellinger. Good Sam. Hey Patrick, um, you mentioned the light boxes that you guys have been facing. 
but that's been going on all year, right? And and you guys haven't been um, running the ball like this. I know you said that the line took it personally. Is it is it that simple, or was there something different you guys were doing? I know you had some different personnel up there. Was there some you know d- different blocking schemes you guys were doing as well? I mean, every week we had different plays that we add in, um, but uh, for the most part, I mean, guys just blocked and we ran the ball well. Uh, it's kind of it takes me back to like my college days at Texas Tech, where we're getting like drop eight and and linebackers are six seven yards deep. Um, but uh, if teams are going to do that, we got to run the football until they come up, and when they come up, we'll throw the football again. So uh, uh, we're, we're a well well versatile offense that can do it all, and so we're going to prove that week to week. Next to Aaron Ladd. Go ahead, Aaron. Hey, Patrick, your new teammate, Le'Veon Bell, was tweeting up a storm during the game. I think he said uh, something like, I can't wait to join. Uh, what does he bring to you, to UI's offense, especially with the running game clicking like it did today? Yeah, I mean, it's just going to be another another weapon. I mean, he's someone who's had tremendous success in this league for a long time now, and he's still in the, the prime of his career. I mean, he's 28 years old. So, I mean, he's he's going to come in and, and make plays happen. And, and we have days like today, having him, Clyde, Daryl, Darwin, all these guys that can come in and, and run the football and keep just – going at the defense over and over again. It'll open up the passing game, and uh, and it'll help me out a little bit, too. Got time for two more, guys. We'll go Pete and then Nate. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Pat, congratulations on, on the win. I was wondering if you could just run through the two touchdowns to Travis. Yeah, the the, the first touchdown, it was a little kind of option route play with, with, with Travis, and I was trying to hold that linebacker a little bit. He did a great job of really attacking that guy, going back out. I put it back on him. He almost got me. He almost got me with his little shake, but I put it on him, and then he he got in the end zone, and that was a big play. And then uh, the second one, we got a kind of a shell coverage look, and uh, Clyde kind of came out to the flat, and Travis was uh, the corner route to the back pylon, and I saw uh, the corner's eyes kind of just peek at me for a second, thinking I was going to throw the running back because he was already there, and uh, I just put it in that back corner, and he made a great play of catching the ball and getting his, getting his feet in. Let's go to Nate Taylor for the last one. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Pat, I want to ask you two quick things. Can you take us through the mental process of that third down run where you ran behind or past the line of scrimmage and then obviously made the decision to go back? And then can you also explain, too, just the idea of the notion that teams want to hold the ball against you guys and keep you on the sideline? And, in fact, today you guys reversed that course and what that felt like to, to be on the field more than the, the opposing offense. Yeah, well, the first part, um, that, that play, I, I kind of – I think I misread it a little bit. It was man coverage, and I was thinking about working uh, Kels to McColl. And if you see, there's, there's a split second where Tyree kind of pops down the seam where I can maybe hit him for a touchdown. Um, and so, obviously, they covered it well. I scrambled out, and the guy that was spying me uh, was coming. And uh, I was I was rolling, and I knew I couldn't make the first down. And then so I tried to stop at the line of scrimmage. And if you, I mean, you, you probably can see it. I look at the like little like stick, and I, I saw that I passed the line of scrimmage. I was gonna drop back and try to throw the football to D Rob or someone like that. And uh, once I did that, I knew I had to get upfield, and then uh, I got upfield enough. I thought I got the first down. Uh, Shorty told me I didn't, um, but uh, then we did a great job of running in the next play. And the second question, one more time. Just the idea that you guys possess the ball more than the Bills today, when that usually is trying to be the formula to beat you guys. Yeah, the it, it, it's it's something that you're going to have to do in this league. You have to find ways to win. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, you've seen it all this year. You've seen it all these last few years with, with our football team. Is We're going to find a way to win the football game. Uh, we don't care how that is. We don't care if it's not having a lot of possession. We don't care if it's having a lot of possession. But uh, obviously doing that, it gives our defense the rest that they need to go out there and play good football. And so uh, I thought we did a great job of, of having the time of possession. The defense did a good job of getting a lot of three and outs or short drives and, and getting the ball back to us. 
And one thing is keep the defense fresh. Some they did tonight. I mean, they really did. The time of possession matters to me because you look at some of these drives. Well, there was a five-play, 75-yard drive that took 237 off the clock, and that's what the Chiefs can do. They can score in a minute's time. Just like I said, like <laughs> there'll be a close game, and you just blink, and boom, the Chiefs score, and then get an interception score again. I mean, it's just that's what the Chiefs do. It's what they did in the Super Bowl. Oh, they're down by 10. Oh, they win 31 to 20. But long drives. Again, Nick Kelsey, 12-yard touchdown pass from Mahomes. The second one, 12 plays, 75 yards, 626. Then the Butker field goal, 10 plays, 75 yards, 520. Another drive, 12 plays, 75 yards, 438 off the clock, Butker. Now, they will say, and they do say, that analytics will say time of possession doesn't matter. The ground game doesn't matter. That's what they say. But don't listen to that nonsense. I love analytics. I love football analytics. I love baseball analytics. Because you know what? The Rays and the Dodgers are two of the most analytical teams in baseball, and guess what? They're in the World Series. And the Royals lean in direction as well. But they'll say time of possession doesn't matter. I've heard people say this, and it does matter. When the Chiefs lost last year to the Colts, the Colts had it for 40 minutes, the Chiefs 20, 2-1. to one. When they lost the Texans in the regular season, they had it 37 minutes, the Chiefs 20, 17 minutes longer. When the Chiefs lost to the Raiders last weekend, they had it for 35-18, the Chiefs 24-42. It, think about it. It makes sense. Keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. If he's there, he can't hurt you. If he's over there drinking Gatorade, and thinking about what plays to call, he cannot hurt you. So when people say time of possession doesn't matter, let it go through one ear and out the other because they're completely wrong when it comes to Chiefs. And you heard some of the media start to ask these questions about time of possession. I like hearing this because it's very important. This is the way to beat the Chiefs. Keep the ball out of Mahomes' hand. Bills couldn't do it. 37-45 for the Chiefs. 22-15 for Buffalo. And they were within six points there for a while. But the Chiefs just kept grinding it out, grinding it out. Didn't let Josh Allen get his rhythm. Didn't let the September AFC Player of the Month, a guy that people are talking about for MVP and Josh Allen, didn't let him get rolling. He can't hurt you if he's over on the bench. So the Chiefs took a page out of the way that other teams are beating them and beat them. It's why I like this game so much. It just showed the Chiefs winning in a different fashion. They didn't play their best game, but they, but they didn't need to. They still went on the road against a very good team that was 4-1 and one in the Buffalo Bills, beat it by nine in their place. And that score is not indicative to how the Chiefs completely dominated this game. Not only time of possession, but total yards as well. The Chiefs were 64% on fourth down. Chiefs had 466 yards to just 206 of the Bills. That is domination. Chiefs were 6.4 yards a play. The Buffalo Bills, 4.1 yards per play. This game was not even as close as the final score. But they will say time of possession doesn't matter. And it does. It is the recipe. Yeah, you can, you can have six defensive backs drop seven like the Patriots. You can blitz with the front four. Or not blitz, but put pressure with the front four like the Chargers did with Bosa and Tillery and Ingram coming at them, or what the Raiders did with, with Farrell and Crosby getting to you, causing disruption. Bills don't have those guys. 
and they don't have that front four like the other ones have. Or he could be like Baltimore and the defensive coordinator, Don Wing Martindale, blitz. And you see what Pat Mahomes does against the blitz. He eats it up. Baltimore blitzed all the time. They won't the next time they play the Chiefs. Trust me. They'll try to derive their pressure from the front four. That's exactly what they'll do. Let's go back inside that locker room for sounds of the game. Brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound. Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Let's hear from Andy Reid as he gives the injuries and, of course, talks about the Chiefs' performance. So Alex Okafor uh, strained his his hamstring, the other hamstring. Um, I know it's frustrating for him, but um, he'll get get that worked on. And then Schwartzy, Mitch, um, his back was bothering him, and um, we were able to get him out of there and had some guys on the offensive line step up. I was proud of those guys and the job they did, um, as I was with the football team. I thought the guys came in here, I guess – Heck of a Buffalo team. Um, weather conditions were uh, a bit ugly, and they just bared down. And so um, defensively, I, um, Spags had a, a great game plan. I thought the boys executed it, just uh, uh, did a great job with it. You take away the penalties, and, um, you know, uh, the yardage is, is less than, uh, obviously, what we had there. But. I just thought uh, the guys bared down against what I think is, like I said, a, <clears throat> a real good offense and and um, and very well coached football team. Sean does a heck of a job. So, and then offensively, um, Clyde, you've got to take your hat off to the young kid. I mean, he stepped up, and I thought he did a did a nice job running the ball. And E. Rob had a couple of huge plays for us, um, you know, throw uh, in the throw game. Pat had a good solid game too, and did a nice job. He, didn't have quite as many throws as he normally does, but um, Clyde was able to fill in the blanks there and and, uh, and run the ball, as did all the running backs. They all had an opportunity tonight, so uh, I thought they did a good job. Anyways, uh, and then special teams I thought was solid. So uh, all in all, uh, a good good win against uh, what I think is a good football team. And they're banged up a little bit. They play a lot of games here, and and so um, in a short period of time. So I will probably probably have a chance to see him again somewhere down the road. Uh, and, um, you know, they'll be healed up by them. Anyways, time yours. <clears throat> Let's go first to Sam McDale. Go ahead, Sam. Andy, with, with the running game, was that something you had anticipated coming into tonight? Was it weather-related, or was it just sticking with what was working? Well, listen, we felt like, uh, you know, and this is me talking now, so I didn't think um, I gave the guys enough of a chance last week uh, with it, and uh, especially the second half. And, and so um, we want to make sure that, you know, we're best when we have some kind of a, a balance going when you can kind of go back and forth. It puts a tremendous amount of pressure on the defense. And, and so uh, we were able to, uh, to do both, and we felt like we, we needed uh, both in this game. So. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Andy. wanted to ask you about the reasoning of starting Daniel Kilgore tonight and then your impressions in his first real consecutive amount of snaps of Nick Allegretti. Yeah, so listen, Austin's been powering through a, a tender knee, and um, we thought it was a chance to kind of back up for him and, and just let him, you know, he was still out there and, and did his thing, uh, but, uh, you know, just to heal up a bit. And and listen, um, Kilgore, he did a nice job. He's a good football player. He's played a lot of football. Um, who's your, Al, Al Grady, Yeah, he, I thought he did a nice job too. So 
good solid game. I'll, I'll look to see the um, see the tape and see how he did from there. But um, I thought, you know, it looked like the offensive line. Rimmers kicked out. He started a guard, kicked out the tackle. So we had a lot of moving pieces there. Uh, tribute to Coach Heck and the job that he does, moving people around in practice. And uh, the guys didn't really flinch. They just jumped in and went. So. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Adam, you good? There we go. There we go. Okay. Hey, Andy, a couple things real quick. Um, was it with Mitch Schwartz, was it uh, at all close that he might not play tonight in the first place? And uh, I'll ask you the second one when you're done answering. Yeah, he thought maybe he could get through it and, um, and, and roll. It just started uh, tightening up on him. So um, we, we made the switch there. What's your second okay. one? Um, on your, uh, you talked a minute ago about you didn't feel like you gave your running game a chance uh, last week, enough of a chance last week. What about your your pass rush tonight? Even though you didn't sack him, you still got some pressure on him. Did you feel like you guys needed to dial that up tonight as opposed to what you did last week as well? Yeah, listen, I think the guys, you know, they, they take a lot of pride in that, that, that front. And so um, Chris was just coming back last week. I think he felt better this week. Um, and... Um, you know, listen, that's a, that's one of the better offensive lines uh, in the National Football League that we just played. So to get that kind of pressure on him, just making him move his feet and move in the pocket is a <clears throat> that's that's enough. Uh, the sack is big. If you get it, that's great. But uh, enough when pressure is on is a that's a tough thing on a quarterback. Next to Matt McMullen. Good, Matt. Hey, coach. I noticed Sandy Watkins tonight, but how good was it to see Byron Pringle step up in a huge moment on third and long? Yeah, that was a big one. He did a great job. You know, he always seems to come up with one one big one when he's out there. So <clears throat> it was great, uh, great for him, uh, great for Kansas State's recruiting, and away we go, right? So it's a beautiful thing all the way around. Next to Herbie T.O.B. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Coach, uh, as, as y'all were running the football, Le'Veon Bell tweeted out, I can't wait to join the offense. What are your impressions of – is that feeling uh, mutual? Yeah. So listen, we, uh, we, we don't turn away good players and, and, uh, he's a good one. So, um, uh, it's exciting to have him around and we'll, we'll see how he does. He's got to get in and get in the playbook and learn everything, but he's a pretty smart kid and, uh, been doing a long time. So I don't think I'll have a problem with that, but I, I think if you talk to Clyde, Clyde will sleep well tonight, uh, as I think the other backs will to have one more guy. I don't think any of them will complain there. <clears throat> Next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Coach. Congrats on the win and game plan. Just a follow-up to what Herbie was getting at. This was the story of Kansas City. How did you estimate that Clyde handled the news en route to what was the best game of his young career? Yeah, listen, I I thought he did a nice job. I mean, um, uh, real nice job, and I thought he handled the news well. I think they've actually talked uh, before um, – they were before anything ever happened. So there, there was a, a little communication that I think took place. And, um, and so I, I think that's, that's healthy. And so I, but anyways, he took it fine. I mean, obviously he came out, played pretty good. So that, that was a good thing. We've got time for two more. We'll go Sam and then Aaron. Go ahead, Sam. Andy, um, I, I sort of alluded to this a little bit, but it, it looked like Clyde obviously had a great game, but the run blocking was terrific as well. I'm just wondering, was there something, was there a tweak that you guys made or was that something that, that you thought you could kill, um, get the bills with going into this? 
Well, listen, I mean, we, we felt um, we felt it would work. I mean, I'm not going to tell you we didn't feel it would work, but uh, you never know until you get in there. So Coach Heck does a nice job with Corey Matei putting that together. Um, and, you know, it's I, I hope if we can run it a few more games like that, I might be able to get on your wall right there. We'll go last. Uh, Aaron Ladd. Go ahead, Aaron. You touched on it a little bit in your opening statement, but 10 penalties last week and then eight today. Is there something that you're seeing that's leading to that? And how do you get it cleaned up? Yeah, I mean, listen, <clears throat> we're, we're always working on it. We, um, I've got to go back and look at the tape on some of those. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they were they were good calls, but I'm going to double check them for sure. And um, but, well, you know, you, you can't <clears throat> you can't have penalties. I mean, that's one of the things you, you give people yardage and and uh, allow them to keep the clock moving and, and, uh, and the yardsticks moving, that's not, that's not healthy. So we've got to do better there. So there's Andy Reid after the game. And just to kind of recap the injury report, Alex Okafor hurt his other hamstring, not the one that was already kind of bothering him, but the other one, Mitch Schwartz, of course, with the back problem, he showed up on the injury report on Saturday and did start this game. And then there wasn't really much. And, yeah, Andy was talking about the Buffalo Bills, the injuries they had. Well, the Chiefs had to reshuffle their offensive line tonight. So, advantage to the Kansas City Chiefs as far as having a few issues there. But to get the nine-point win, and I'll be honest with you, Kramer, I think this is my favorite win. I love to run the rock. Maybe that's the old offensive lineman in me. Ask any offensive lineman, they'll tell you they like to run the football. I, I, I agree. I feel like that's the that's the case for offensive linemen. It's tough physical. By the way, the Cardinals beat the Cowboys in Dallas 38-10 to tonight. Oh, my. Are the Cowboys a mess? Just enjoy the Kansas City Chiefs and what they have to offer. So, thanks to Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, ArrowheadPride.com, for joining us. Thank Josh Klingler, sideline reporter for the Kansas City Chiefs, tonight for joining us. Thank you for your calls. Thank you for the text on the Smitty's Garage Burgers and Beer text line. Enjoyed it. Thank you to Kramer Sansone for producing this operation. And thanks for the opportunity to talk about yet another Chiefs win. Denver on the clock next. Good night.